Welcome to the Starfish Storytellers, the podcast that makes a difference one story at a time by bringing storytelling to life. I, I think one of the, the stories that I wanted to share in terms of, I came out at a very early age and at the time where it wasn't as socially accepted as it is now, although it seems like to be edging back that way. And, and I think that during those times of trying to find out who I was and what I was and knowing that in school, you know, in middle school even, knowing that I was more interested in the school sports and playing sports than I was, you know, in terms of some of the, the child childhood girls that were looking at, you know, how to impress the boys and talking about, you know, just growing pains, right? In, in terms of what they were experiencing. And, you know, I, I just, I didn't feel like I fit in. And I knew at that age that, you know, I needed to figure out and find my own way. I'm very thankful nowadays that there's a lot of resources out there for kids and children that are coming to terms with their lifestyle. And there's a lot of great organizations. We've been recently reviewing the number of organizations that there are to support transgender and, and gay, lesbian, all of the, the different organizations. And they're all good. It's, it's hard to choose just one because there are so many and there's a lot of resources. And I'm thankful for that. But coming to term at a very young age, knowing that there wasn't a lot of resources. I didn't have a lot of people or mentors to go to at that age, but I strive to be a mentor for children that are dealing with that. And as well as, you know, in encouraging people to be who they want to be. And certainly, you know, in my involvement, trying to make sure that there, there are opportunities for children and people to find the resources that they, they may need. And I, I, I dealt with it in terms of the fact that by dealing with it and being strong, I realized that I needed to be very independent. And, and it was a way that I dealt with it and knowing that if people didn't accept me for who I was, it was their issue, not mine. And I didn't choose to internalize it, but I choose to take on the challenges and the fights and work through the issues and the legislation and support wherever I could in terms of making sure that, you know, if if people look at me, they, they know pretty well, you know, who I am because I, I don't choose to hide it who I am. And I just encourage people to, to be strong and it's not always easy. And especially now where, um, it, it can be difficult and people struggle with the pronouns and using the right pronouns and just being, you know, empathetic to understanding and knowing why pronouns are important. And the fact that there are many different reasons why people emphasize on the pronouns. Sometimes people don't do the right things all the time. And sometimes we have to you know, forgiven that nature, but there are some times where we need to choose our battles and know in terms of when things, we just can't turn a blind eye.
there are, there are people that need help and need support. So I think we need to be open and uh, you know be willing to to help those that need to be helped. Liana Henry, and welcome to the Starfish Storytellers. I'm the CEO of the Black Dog Group, a Marcom and project management firm headquartered on the East Coast of the U.S. in quaint colonial Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm your host and passionate about storytelling. I'm actually on a mission to raise up the next generation of storytellers. We named ourselves the Starfish Storytellers after the Starfish Story. The moral of the Starfish Story is based on the power of one. No matter how big the challenge, each action we take makes a difference and has an impact. One step, one starfish, and one story at a time. Every episode, we welcome a new storyteller who will share their story meant to inspire and connect with you. Then we'll break it down, offer some tips for any listeners who are ready to tell their own stories. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Today's episode is about stories of courage and authenticity, and I'm excited to welcome our guest and my friend, Leslie Baker. During Pride Month, we especially focus on these themes as we are members of, allies to, and supporters of the LGBTQ community. Leslie leads an employee resource group that welcomes and supports members of the LGBTQ community as they seek to get more involved in volunteering, navigating the workplace, and providing education and advocacy. Welcome to the podcast, Leslie. We're happy to have you. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So I'm going to start with a little bit of history, um, pride and LGBTQ plus history, and feel free to jump in and, and add anything as I go along. So for listeners who aren't up to speed on the history, LGBTQ plus history dates back to ancient civilization. It's typically written out as LGBTQIA plus, and it's an abbreviation for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, intersex, asexual, and more. What has survived after many centuries of persecution has been interwoven into mainstream society. In 1969, the Stonewall Riots was the famous event that catalyzed the gay rights movement in America. It was in New York City, and the police had raided the Stonewall Inn yet one more time. The Stonewall Inn was a clandestine gay club in Greenwich Village that was large, inexpensive, allowed dancing, and welcomed drag queens and homeless youth. Fed up with the years of police harassment, patrons and neighborhood residents began throwing objects at the police as they were loading them into vans. The scene eventually exploded into a full-blown riot with subsequent protests that lasted for five more days. The Christopher Street Liberation Day on June 28, 1970, marked the first anniversary of the Stonewall Riots with the March, which was the first gay pride march in U.S. history, and it covered 51 blocks to Central Park. In 1994, the annual observance of LGBTQ plus History Month began in the U.S. and has extended into other countries. This observance involves highlighting the history of the people, LGBTQ plus rights, and related civil rights movements, including National Coming Out Day on October 11th. The availability of legally recognized same-sex marriage in the United States expanded from one state, Massachusetts, in 2004 to all 50 states 
in 2015 through various court rulings, state legislation, and direct popular votes. However, LGBTQ plus people still struggle to have their rights recognized and they face threats of violence around the globe. So as you know, Leslie, we still have a way to go. <clears throat> Absolutely. And as of recently, I'm sure everybody has heard in the news in terms of states that have put bills in place against the, the trans community, as well as, you know, families of trans youth and even book bannings and don't say gay, you know, the LGBT community is under attack. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, and the drag community as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, going after all of the performers and the performances as well. Um, and it's interesting because I was reading about the legislation that's being passed. It's, it's, it's absolutely aimed at the, at the LGBTQ plus community, but other um, communities, other, you know, parts of society are looking at it as well. You know, it, you know, is there going to be people being arrested and other venues and other events as well? And, you know, I just think there's just so much hate <laughs> being spread across state and federal government right now. It just, the fight it just is still very much ongoing. And I, I know that I've had conversations with people in my family, like, you know, will we see it in our lifetime? I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I try to focus on the positive and in terms of looking at some of the areas that we've made positive improvements. And I, I look at the, the education as an opportunity to, you know, educate people uh, against that, yeah. the hate that is occurring. Yeah. And it just, it, it's mind blowing in terms of how it's justified. I, yeah. I just, I have a very difficult time understanding it. And I, I try to take a step back and look at it from their view and try to understand it. And I, I just can't, it's pure and simple. It's, it's, it's ignorance and a way to justify hate and using religion to support their cause. I've often felt that, you know, that religion in a positive state of love and love thy neighbor and, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature and, you know, not throwing stones and yeah you know just trying to be empathetic and accepting and kind of kind of building on your sort of position on let's let's take the positive and build on that and how do we sort of demonstrate and show all the good um you know as storytellers you know we see the power of stories as a conduit for change and a conduit for understanding you know, and I guess as you are thinking about the power of stories, I mean, can you think about maybe a moment when a story of courage or authenticity maybe broke a barrier for you that you physically saw that you experienced that? You know, I know that it's really important to tell these stories, but I mean, can you think about a time when it you saw some actual change come from, you know, the, the goodness of the stories that come? Yeah, I think that the, you know, Gay Marriage Act with the the amount of money that went behind the, the Defense of Marriage Act and trying to prevent same-sex couples from getting married. I mean, it was a, a positive thing that, to be honest, I never thought that I would see in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But certainly, you know, a lot of good came from that. And there was a lot of, you know, discussion about the world was going to end and 
nothing bad came from that mm-hmm. you know just good in terms of showing that you know relationships can be long term and you know those relationships can endure you know mm-hmm. and same sex couples being married doesn't cause any bad in the world or bad to any other people it's just a matter of solidifying a relationship in terms of making that more accepting and providing benefits and equal equal rights yep. for people you know you work for a company that has been and i'm sure it's from a lot of the fight and a lot of the you know really working with leadership but you work for a company that is currently welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community and its employees. As you have worked in this employee resource group, have you found that it's become easier for the employees to be open? How long would you say, or has it been years, months that that, that is, seems like it's been, you know, very accepting? I've been involved in ERGs for many companies and through many years to advocate and promote in terms of equal rights for employees. And it's, um, I've been very fortunate for the companies that I've worked for that have been supporting of the LGBT community. And, you know, certainly have heard of companies that are not as accepting and certainly feel fortunate that I've worked for companies that are accepting mm-hmm. and accept people for who they are and want people to be authentic in who they bring to work. I mean, uh, unless you've been in the shoes of somebody in terms of, you know, I spoke earlier about the fact that, you know, when I was young and not feeling like I fit in, in, in school because of the conversations and discussions that were taking place, you know, also in the workplace, if you think about when you're talking about, you know, just coming back from a weekend. So what did you do this weekend? How was your weekend? And, you know, thinking about every word that you say, because you may out yourself for not being able to explain the weekend that you had because of, you know, not sharing everything about your lifestyle or what you did, because you have to be careful and tread lightly in in discussing your personal time. Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine what that must be like, because I've always been fortunate that, you know, I, I have been in situations where I've had to be careful in terms of those conversations, but, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly you know, in, in terms of feeling fortunate in the companies that I have worked at, that I have been able to be my true authentic self. And when you travel, you do need to be careful. You know, mm-hmm. you, you talked about other areas where it's not safe. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's I, I can't say it's an instinct, it's more of a survival, right? In, mm-hmm. in terms of knowing who you can share and what you can share with whom is important. And You know, it's something that you always have to think about in terms of, you know, there have been times that, you know, my wife and I have been traveling and, you know, you get in an elevator and somebody says, are you just sisters? You know, and rather than go through the long explanation of saying, no, this is my wife. We've been together for so many years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing that story, it's easy to say, yep, we're sisters. We're just out for a weekend away from the husbands. Mm -hmm. And who wants to live that way? You know, you're not able to, you know, if you're in a part of the country or even in the part of the world where you you can't be your true authentic self, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll get to a point where educating and teaching people that, you know, we're not affecting other people. We're not impacting other people. We're just trying to live our lives and, you know, live and let live and love 
who you want to love mm-hmm. and not cause any ill effect to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, as an ally, I, I'm always trying to be the best ally I can be. Um, but I think, you know, maybe you could give a little advice to those, our listeners who, you know, want to also be good allies and, you know, what are, what are things that they should be thinking about or doing in order to be supportive and understanding to their LGBTQIA plus, you know, friends or relatives or coworkers. I know you had spoken earlier about understanding the importance of pronouns. Um, but you know, what are, what are some things that, that allies can do? Being aware and understanding in terms of if somebody chooses to use a specific pronoun, sometimes you have to understand whether or not how close you are in that relationship, mm-hmm. whether or not you want to pry. Sometimes people want to share and educate. Sometimes people want to be more personal and it's more for, you know, just for your awareness, you know, I mean, I have in my signature, she, her, hers pronouns, and always try to use that, you know, in Zoom meetings, you know, I'll go in and edit my profile to show she, her, hers pronouns. I feel like sometimes I come across as I have a deep voice and I don't like to be, you know, disassociated and called a he, him when I'm a she, her, you know, it's just using the right pronouns Mm -hmm. and um, just being aware of the pronouns that somebody uses. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say they struggle with using they, them, because there's only one person. But if somebody chooses, whether or not, for whatever reason, they're transitioning from female to male or male to female, and or why they go by they, them, it's not for us to judge. It's for us to be respectful and use the right pronouns that that person chooses to use and understand whether or not somebody wants to be open to share why they choose to use those pronouns. Because, you know, there are questions that are inappropriate and there are questions that are just, most people are willing to share with you and talk with you and educate because we have to, right? In in terms of, you know, in order to educate, we need to be able to share and be open and be open to questions. And to be an ally, you know, sometimes when you see somebody, you know, asking inappropriate questions, sometimes you might need to step in and say, you know, I think we might be getting into an uncomfortable situation that we might not want to get into asking those type of questions. Or, you know, if the conversation is going well, advocate and uh, talk about why, you know, why you think in the terms that you think and why it's important to ally for people that are, you know, in, in a less, you know, why you feel the way that you do. I mean, I've working with you, Leanna, and in the past, I know that you've always been a strong ally and I certainly appreciate that and all the work that you've done. I know one of the things, you know, having a conversation with members of my family, um, you know, and I think I may have communicated this when we had, you know, been connecting to, 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 to get the invite out for this podcast. Um, you know, this is a piece of the pie. This is not the whole pie. And I think that people need to understand that, uh, someone who is in is a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, they are also a worker 
maybe a parent, maybe a fur parent, maybe a sibling, you know, um, they are athletes. They, you know, they, they hate, you know, singing birds outside their window in the morning. They, you know, there's, and, and I think, you know, that's a big part of why pride is good for awareness and education, but, you know, we live this year round. So, uh, it's to look, and I think that's why the, some of the legislation is scary because it's, you know, you're, you're forgetting all the parts of, of these people and all the pieces of the pie. Uh, so I think that being an ally is something you do. It's something, it's who you are. It's not just something you do. Um, it's part of your being, you know, it is, you are going to pick up the fight. You are going to talk about it year round. You, you know, I, I tend to break out all of my rainbow t-shirts and socks and everything come May, but I'm also wearing stuff year round, um, just to heighten awareness. So, uh, you know, I, but I, but it was good for me to ask the questions of my gay family members because I never ever would want them to feel like, and I hate to say it this way, I would never want them to feel like a mascot because that's a horrible thing. You know, this person, I'm just another person. So um, if you, you said earlier that you want to be supportive and be there for, for kids and for young people who are questioning or are scared or have no place to go or they need a place to go to ask questions, um, if they came to you and they said, you know, I want to tell my story, um, what might you advise them? How would you advise them? You know, is because we've talked about things like safety, we've talked about openness, like, how would you advise them? Yeah, I, I think even in this day and age, you know, to your point for safety, thinking about in terms of how they want to share this story, whether or not they want to share this story and making sure that they're in a safe place to be able to tell their story. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, nowadays is it's a matter of, you know, knowing where they're at and, you know, whether or not that they are in a safe place to be able to tell that story. I think that we're very fortunate up here in New England. I think we very live in a very liberal area. However, you know, I still think that, you know, hate still exists. I, I think that you know, it's within everybody's neighborhood, within everybody's, you know, being that you can be in an unsafe situation. So I think you need to be aware of your surroundings. And I think that, you know, you need to make sure that you have a good support network, make sure that, you know, people around you support you, you know, try to support yourself with people that support you for who you are. And, um, you know, if people don't accept you or, are putting you down or, you know, making you feel less than what you are, then you're in the wrong space and you need to find the right place to, you know, find that support. And I think that that's one of the things that there are so many different organizations locally as, as well as internationally, as well as nationally that support LGBT youth and trans and you know, whether or not it's youth or adults or seniors, you know, there are struggles in everyday life. So there are 
many organizations out there. I was surprised to find out the number of organizations that exist that are fighting the fight to, you know, mm-hmm. make people safe. And, you know, for both youth and young adults, you know, find a place where you can be safe and be your true self. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think that makes sense. Like find your tribe, find, find that safety net behind underneath you. Um, yeah. Um, because I, I mean, I think about people in my family or people that I know and tell their stories and um, they know that they have people that have their back. Yeah. And, and certainly, you know, with somebody like you that, you know, has their back, you know, the organizations that have come up and, you know, in terms of nonprofit organizations that are looking to support, you know, there, there's a lot of good organizations out there that are mentored and supported by companies, as well as, you know, organizations that support. It's hard to choose one. Right, right, right. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you could give a list of them, but I mean, there's so many. So I mean, yeah, that's yeah. What, that's what Google's for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's all the time that we have for today. Um, but I really want to thank you, Leslie, for coming on and having this conversation, this very important conversation. And, you know, your advice, I think I loved your advice for any young person who may want to tell their story. Um, you know, this is a, we're just in this time, this era right now where it felt like we were making, you know, it was two steps forward, three steps back, but, um, but this, the, you know, stories really are the conduit for change and for understanding and, you know, they still need to be told. So, um, you know, thank you again so much for, for coming on and, and, and being our guest. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for the invite and, uh, happy pride, happy pride. Thank you. And to our listeners, whether you hear us locally from the BTV studios in Bedford, Massachusetts, or across the globe on such podcast channels as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Prime, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. 